everyone, and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street. A monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on all of the usual socials or subscribe to our Patreon for bonus content and merch. You can find all of that by visiting us at allmylinks.com backslash A Nightmare on Fear Street or in our episode descriptions wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Hello, everyone. We're back again. And this week we are talking about everything, everywhere, all at once. That's right. The film bros tried us and I said, fuck them. And we're covering this movie, which belongs under the genre umbrella. I'm sorry y'all hate women and Asian people, but like it belongs under the umbrella. Well, even like outside, like, yes, number one. Yes. Agreed. That's why they they don't want to include it. But like, That scene in the janitor's closet when the hands come through the wall, that's like a la Halloween 2016 when Michael's like, hey, Jay. And that's funny that it's Jamie. That just hit me. (laughs) That is Jamie Lee Curtis doing it. I I like it. (laughs) There's so many things that I, because I expected to be in here being like, it's sci-fi, y'all. Fucking fuck you. But I'm like, no, this bitch is kind of horror. She's kind of, she got some of the beats. She's got some of the moments. We're dealing with alternate universes, so there's no way you can look at this and look at multiverse of madness um, and some other things where we're leaping and hopping through time and shit and running from people and we got body counts like this and be like, no. Well, yeah, and I feel like with like and this is super vague, which is pretty beat, but uh, I feel like I would categorize this film as a horror, like a sci-fi first, like it is very sci-fi, sci-fi drama horror action film (laughs) and what i've been unpacking the last year or so is that like i don't know i don't know when we started divorcing sci-fi and horror because like horror is the fear of the unknown science fiction is the unknown these i've said this before the scariest thing to me is space it is in space screen the best that's probably what, it's got to be one of the best taglines of a film ever made, but like maybe the best. But it, like, I will like the movie Gravity stresses me the fuck out. I am like, she is stuck in space and she can't do shit. Listen, <laughs> we, I feel like a lot of people who don't like to open this box, aside from being problematic or biased, are limiting themselves because like we have horror movies that stretch the genre all the time. If you're letting Blumhouse get away with some of that murder I've seen, you gonna count this. You gonna count it today, <laughs> right? And we can't discount the fact that it's it's odd that they're trying to take sci-fi out of the horror umbrella. When I mean, not all sci-fi, but a lot of sci-fi is pretty diverse and a lot of female leads. So, like, where's your problem here? Mary Shelley created the genre, and when she wrote Frankenstein, it was a gothic sci-fi horror novel. Why are we here in 2023 being like sci-fi can't sit with us? Right. But yes, <laughs> we, we kind of jumped into it, but I, and I love it. But yes, for those interested, we are live currently on our Patreon. So if you're listening to this later and you want to be like, I want to see what these bitches look like when they record, y'all just subscribe to our Patreon and join us, you know? We picked up a new Patron today named Danny. If Danny is, happens to be watching, I don't know how far back you scroll. <laughs> if you're watching, hi, thank you. I saw you an hour ago. 
What? I did too. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, so this this movie is absolutely it's genre bending. Like there's so many different things that are happening in this film, and so I think that it is absolutely under the horror genre, as is a ton of other things that they don't want to that they don't want to identify as. And it, and again, it I, it's not lost on me that the vast majority of them are female led and or bipoc led. So nope, pray everything different all at once, like. Those three movies, drastically different, but those are the three people get up in arms with me. You're like, my genre is like, it's not genre! Yeah. Fuck you. Mary Shelley said it is. So you can go ahead and have several seats. I, but three very different films. <laughs> listen, listen, I've come here to hurt feelings and change lives today. That's <laughs> my platform. Vote for me. Um, oh. This movie, if nothing else, we can get into the psychological fear of this woman who has opted out of all of her opportunities, um, finding out who she could have been in these other universes. Like, is that not some fear we often relate to? Like, do we not wonder what if, who could we could have been, had we believed in ourselves earlier in life, had our parents like, fucked us up, so forth and so forth? Oh, absolutely. I think that that's one of the strongest parts of this film is how relatable it is and how it takes this, because this is the first viewing for me, I'm not going to lie to those listening and or watching. I was never not excited to watch this movie, but I was nervous for it because I was just like, what is this theme? Like, I knew the theme. I knew the idea. I knew the concept. And I was like, how is this going to work and to be impactful to me as a viewer? And I'm not talking view like me as a viewer as like, I'm talking about me specifically. And I will say that the part that I think works the best for me is this relatable parent-child relationship between both, um, and I don't have the cast pulled up here. Evelyn and Joy, played Evelyn, by Michelle and Stephanie, who should have won that Oscar with Joy in my notes. Yeah. Evelyn and Joy, and then also, but also Evelyn and her father. Like, Dong Gong? Yes, yeah, it sounds right. <laughs> in my head. Okay. Um, yeah, like, that is so relatable and beautiful and complex and, like, um, especially Evelyn being the center here. She's dealing with the trauma that her father put on her while she's putting trauma on her daughter unknowingly or knowingly. It, it, it's just a beautiful thing. And I love the idea at the end. At least this is what it spoke to me about. I love this idea of being okay with the right now and realizing that what you have right now is literally everything everywhere all at once. Like, that we are everything everywhere all at once currently in our in our fucked up beauty literally as millennials we're always worried about what has passed and what is coming um will the world even be here tomorrow because people trying to fuck it up and blow it up and so i think that it's a very cool reminder to just be like breathe be in the moment people are actually out here paying for people to remind them to be present like <laughs> um and this movie's like just do it and people right. are like, I can't see that message. Uh-uh. <laughs> and I feel like that's probably why both you and I are a Joy Stan account. Like, it, her just done with the world <laughs> energy is very me. It very, like, I am right there with her. And Stephanie Shu always delivers it. Like, she was coming on to Mrs. Mesa when I was tapping out, and I tried to stick it out to see more of her. Um, I don't know if you've seen her audition tapes for this, but she came in with like hand movements, voices, characters already. Um, she just, she is that bitch, respectfully. 
Yeah, Which is why absolutely. when the Oscars played in her face, I got real pissed off. And if I were the type to watch award shows, I would have quit watching award shows when that happened. Yeah, and I well, this is no shade to J.B. Lee's performance in this film. I think everyone in this movie is delivers a perfect yes. performance. Literally everyone, but the character on the page, Joy is the bigger character, and she yeah. should have won the account. Now I will say, it might have put Jamie over the edge when she lets somebody touch her face with a foot. That I was like, Jamie, girl, whoo, you are putting in the effort. <laughs> Here's what happened. Like, Joy is definitely the supporting character because, like, yes. it's literally her and Evelyn's world. That's this movie. Everybody, again, like you said, is delightful and they're doing stuff. But at the end of the day, it's these two. If these two can't figure it out, then we fucked. Um, and Stephanie, not only to step in to be a supporting for Miss Michelle Yeoh, like, let's be honest, that's fucking hard to do, but she also had, like, a lot to carry, and she delivered, like, one of the best performances I've seen maybe this decade, not even just this fucking movie. Right, again, this is no shade to anyone in this movie, especially not Michelle Yeoh, but I, that her performance, uh, Stephanie, how do you say her last name? Shoe. Shoe. Her performance is breathtaking the way that she is able to show 30,000 emotions and the complexity of this relationship she has with her mother and the world and being a queer woman of color is breathtaking like no shade to anyone again everyone in this movie is perfect 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 but like holy shit Again, like, it's just, it's another way in which award shows are bullshit. And it reminds me why I don't watch them because it was just like systematic racism on television again. Because people are like, Jamie Lee got it. She's the legacy win. Fuck that. If you want her to get an award, give her an award when a year she'd earned it or a year that it would have made sense to give it to her. Right. And you know what? I think that, because, like, again, Jamie Lee does a great job. Jamie Lee is great in this role. But to me, that character is a featured character. Like, that is a. Anybody. Right. It's 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 not the supporting role. Anybody could have done that character, and anybody could have done Joy. That's that's I don't know what I would say anybody, but that is a fair assessment. There are others who could do it for sure. We enjoy that character because it's Jamie Curtis and we love seeing Lauren Strow with hot dogs on her fingers, let's be honest. Um <laughs> I don't take that away from anybody, but like at the end of the day, that is a character that most actors could do. Um, would it have the same appeal? And we'd have been like, I grew up watching her, ha ha. No. But like, if you if you move around this cast, <laughs> um, our two constants again are Evelyn and Joy. Mm -hmm. Like everybody else, you kind of do different things with. I mean, aside from Wayman, I feel like I just really love him in that role. But also that's because I know that actor suffered um, as an Asian actor in Hollywood, not getting roles. And so I was just like tapped completely fucking out when I finally like, you want to do this with us? Yes, but, but I want to talk about him for a second, but I do want to finish my thought on Joy because also the scene where she is killing the security guards yes. might be my favorite scene in this entire movie. That and then the end, of course. But like it, when she blows him in confetti, I was getting like your body music videos by Christina Aguilera. I was getting the the, the flanco, what, the, the dance the, that she flamenco? kills the flamenco, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
it was like the circus is coming to town. Like, yes. I, and again, part of the reason why Stephanie deserved that Oscar is because she's playing this badass villain. Like, this villain is out for blood, we think. And then it turns out she wants to ruin the world, which again, horror movie, y'all. Um, but not only does she do this, but she gives it to us in a way where you're like, this girl's hurting. Like, before mm-hmm. you even know why she's doing it, you're like, there is pain here. This is, yes. this is personal for some reason. And we don't know why specifically yet and how we got to where we got to. Um, but like she juggles all of that so beautifully and it would have been really cool for the Oscars to give her her fucking award instead of being like, mm, no. Um, and I hate that. I hate that. I hate that. I hate when people win things they don't deserve. Um, it's one of the reason why so many people are talking with certain drag queens on RuPaul's Drag Race. We won't rehash that. We've talked about it for years as it happens. <laughs> There's but a video. I, yeah. If you give people what they are due when they earned it, you won't have problems later in life. And yeah, I think I think that with award shows, we both agree they are bullshit. The only one I still watch is the Tonys, and it's only I, I don't really care, but I still watch them because I like the performances and stuff like that. But anyway, I digress. I think that the problem is award shows, specifically like Oscars, Grammys, I- Emmys, all of them, but the major three um, have gotten almost so important to themselves mm-hmm. that it's become too political. It's not even about rewarding who you think is the best. It's who it did the best pitch and had the best da 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 And like the fact, like I, another example is Jennifer Lawrence, who I, you know, I don't love her as an actor, but her being nominated in Winter's Bone and not winning and then winning the next year for Maybe it wasn't next year. The, the next time she was nominated for a fucking Silver Linings Playbook, a rom-com. Ooh. Like, what? You're not going to give her the win for when she played the daughter of a drug addict and trying to solve a murder, but you're going to give it to her for a rom-com where she throws a book out a window. It just doesn't make sense. Part of my issue with awards is that they are just here to uphold white supremacy, specifically oh, white patriarchy, which is why only make it nominated for directors' awards. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why, like, we don't want to acknowledge that there are people outside the binary. And when we do, you know, the Oscars to be the first one to be like, "All oh, that the words going to go to men now." Um, so fuck everybody anyway. There's well, no winning because nobody wants to burn shit down and build it up from scratch. Nobody wants that's, to do that. That's the reason why they had to add best actress into the category because men were kept winning everything and so they wanted something for women to win. Sure, great. That's perfect. But now it doesn't work anymore because we know gender is a binary and not everyone identifies in those two camps. And that's beautiful and that should be celebrated and non-binary people ha- should have a place at the table and it just sucks that they don't. And again, like if we would just fucking simply be like, we have a history of racism and sexism and misogyny and all of the isms and phobias, let us burn it down and rebuild. But we don't do that. Like COVID shut it down for a minute and instead of people being like, should we look at our bullshit? They were like, no, full speed ahead. And that's why I'm sitting here right now being like, Jamie Lee didn't deserve that award. And it's fucked up because like, I don't care if she wins awards or not. Like, a woman's been around forever. You want to give her an award, that's great. But give her an award she earned. Don't do this. Right. Because this, again, it's like, it's, you're you're signaling to people of color, specifically women of color, who are, like, on their own fucking level in their own fucking playing field that they are not going to win. Because, again, your system is so steep in racism, you can't. 
So you will find any way to give anybody but them what they are due. Because that same award, I want to say Angela Bassett was up to that award for um, Wakanda Forever, which I, again, I still would have voted for Stephanie, even though I love Angela as well. Um, I just feel like, again, if you look at it on paper, one is doing something different Mm -hmm. on paper. Um, Not saying performances or anything or that, but like, I just feel that like, if you wanted to pull the legacy win bullshit, why is it a white woman? Yeah. Well, right. And I think that sometimes when you're looking at awards, because I mean, I've had to do this a little bit in my time in the theater, the small theater world, and so I'm not anywhere equivocating the two, but you have to begin with on paper, who is the lead? Who is the supporting cast? Who is a featured role that could be great, could be a the, the, the standout performance possibly, but it's still a featured role. You have to know that going into these things, and I and not and I I just think it's fucked up a lot. <laughs> Listen, can we also talk about Joy's costumes? Because, girl, about Joy. the wigs, the costumes, the mannerisms, the looks. I well, she needs to be on Drag Race. <laughs> she would win. She, she would win. You cannot stop Stephanie Stu. She will win whatever <laughs> it is. Give it to her. I lived for all of her costume choices. Um, but I do I do want to talk about Wayman Wang for just a little bit because he's like you said, he has had so much trauma in the in the Hollywood world, in acting world, in the movie world, maybe in theater world, I'm not sure. But um his performance in this film is another one that to me is a standout just the the very specific choices that he made specifically between like this the the reality where she's the movie star and he's not and the main reality we stay in chef's kiss chef's kiss beautiful i he uh so good I love seeing that actor in this movie because I've not seen him since I was a child because he Same. not acted since he was a child and those movies carried over into the 90s. Um, and again, this is what happens when you actually give people of color shit to do. Because like, who knows how long he could have been giving this? He could have been doing these kind of performances for decades, probably know. But we don't know because Hollywood was like, you can only do certain things. Good night. And he was like, well, fuck it. I'm going to not do this. <laughs> um, which I'm not mad about. But again, I just think that I just want to like shake Hollywood like a snow globe sometimes and just be like, what the fuck is your problem? Because who knows how many performances we could have gotten out of him before this that would have been this beautiful and this majestical and this badass. Like, this movie, while we're here, um, rumor has it this movie was originally written for Jackie Chan instead of Michelle Yeoh. And that just, again, is how Hollywood is just like, "Mm, can't think of outside the box. And can you imagine, can you imagine had this not been Michelle and Stephanie. <laughs> yeah, it would have never it would have never worked. I also want to say cuz we talk about this a lot about you know staying in your lane and writing what and I think one of the reasons this feels very authentic is because it is one of the writer directors is an Asian man. And so I think one let me go back a little bit because one of the things when I first started this film that kind of jarred me at first just cuz I am a white English speaking man um, was the switching from um, native tongue to English and back and forth? But but then as I as I kept watching it and I got 
comfortable with it. It felt real because that's what happens in immigrant families is that they they switch back and forth all the time. And so I love I actually ended up loving that aspect that sometimes Michelle Yeoh and or Evelyn and Joe and Joy would be talking to each other in English and then would immediately switch to what I'm assuming is Chinese. I don't know that for sure. But it said Mandarin in my Mandarin. subtitles. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But again, like that's my subtitles. I just don't like y'all here being like bitch. Um, <laughs> um but I, I love that because when we meet Evelyn up top, she is relatable because how many of us as women of color are juggling multiple things at multiple times? Like literally, how many of us are like, I'll go to the doctor because I'm sick in four days because I got shit to do. Um, me having the time when I'm going to get my fucking um, vaccines so when I won't have as much to do so in case I have to do something. Like it's, I know this woman because again, everything everywhere all at once is such a fucking relatable thing. She's like mixing food and doing taxes and then arguing with her husband and arguing with her daughter and running her business downstairs and handling customers. And it just feels relatable and anxiety inducing and tiresome. And I know that life because it's always my life no matter how I drive. Um, and so I, I love that that was another facet of her brain going back and forth in English and um, what is that, Mandarin? Um, and I, I feel like that is just authentic and true because how many families do have a woman who's leading it, who's bilingual or trilingual and having to do different things to different people in different languages and like people are just like, this bitch isn't trying enough. Yeah. Um, her English is broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I just want to say too, I also love the, the inclusion of um, queer women of color with, with Joy being a queer woman. I... We don't get enough of that, clearly. Intersectionality works. And if people were paying attention, they would take no. And that's another reason why I really wish she had won that fucking award she earned. Because again, I have been yelling for years, intersectionality is real. Intersectionality is a thing. And we finally get a character who is a woman of color and queer. And it's played by a badass who delivers the best performance possibly of the decade for supporting actors. And we are just like, mm, we want to play games. Yeah. Um, while we're talking about people who turned out magnificent performances, I have to go back for that bad bitch, Michelle. Uh, she's been kicking ass for decades, kicking ass for decades. So I was happy that she like walked over to my little corner of the universe or genre to be like, I'm gonna have fun about being some more asses. Uh, yes, yes. I she is such a badass, and I love that she is. A woman of a certain age yeah. and still being a badass and in these fight scenes and I just I, I love that. Another reason she works for me more than Jackie Chan would have worked is because when you're talking about all the chances and opportunities you've missed and all the people you could have been like Hollywood were telling us after the age 25 you might as well be glue bitch like we don't we don't like <laughs> women after that age Leonardo DiCaprio will stop yeah. dating you um, okay. after 25, you're a mom or a grandmom. And I'm just like, well, she's younger than the man who's her son. And I was like, you can't care. And so I love that we have this like narrative of it's not too late to do what you want to do. Um, yeah. if you don't want to do anything, that's fine too. But like, you can change it today. You don't yeah. have to be 20. You don't have to be 25. You can be 50, 60 something. And you can be like, no, I see who I could have been. And I'm going to be that badass bitch. Right. And I also want to shout out because I shout her out too, because I, I wasn't a huge, I didn't know Michelle Yeoh until uh, two or three years ago because she's on the new Star Trek Discovery and I love her in that role. She plays a badass, of course, surprise. Um, 
and but she's but she is hardened in that in that role just like that's the role she was given so it was beautiful to watch her have some vulnerability in this movie i and and, and to play sometimes because in star trek she's always like one step ahead of every character and in this especially in the beginning she's like wait what She's got so much range, and I, I'm looking for this era because I've seen her in some Marvel movies recently. She's in Shang-Chi. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, yeah. But I want to say my first time seeing her was as a kid in Hidden Dragons. Count- Crouching Tiger, Dragons. Hidden Dragons. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Okay. I'm pretty um, sure it's the title. I've never I mean, watched I'm it. I'm going to just Google that because if I don't people up in my inbox being like, Beesh. yeah, no, that was, <laughs> that was her, and that was the movie, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I saw that as a kid, and I didn't understand back then that martial arts is an art form. And so I was like, it's action-y, okay. Um, and again, because the way the patriarchy moves, all the Jackie Chan movies were in English and more accessible, so that was what was on in my house. So I was like, hidden, right. hidden tigers, crouching right. dragon once. I think I just picked <laughs> it up again. Wow. Yo, crouching tiger, hidden dragon. It's, why is she had all these titles with like three sentences? <laughs> Listen, she's like, I want to give you a novel, bitch. No, but like, I remember back then being like, who this badass? I kind of want to be like her. But again, because of the patriarchy, rush hour, and like, <laughs> all those Shanghai noon was always on, and we never saw her again. But like, I remember her because, like, again, you don't get to see a lot of women beating asses this way. Right. Because martial arts, while it is absolutely an art form, it is also a very male-driven art form. And that's why we have the, the Jackie Chans and the a ton of men. But I think that Michelle Yeoh is a perfect example of a female uh, martial artist who should be given her dues. And I'm so glad. I, speaking of awards, I am, while you know, I hate that uh, uh, Stephanie Chu didn't win, at least Michelle won, and it, I'm so happy for her that she did. She deserved that award 100%. She did. Her, I'm not mad at. And I want to say Wayman did. He did win. He wanted okay. to. Because again, I don't watch award shows. I just know what happens afterwards, which is why yeah. I wasn't there when Marky Mark gave them the cast award at a different show. I want to say the SAG Awards. And I was like, why is this racist handing an all Asian <laughs> group an award? He's, a, he's actively racist, y'all. He's professional racist. Part-time actor. Um, so I don't know who made that choice, but whoever made that choice, I hope you got fired. And I hope that you hear this someday as my sister to you, because I do hope you got fired. Right. Um, that was that your moment to take away from them and make you rotten hell. I, in other news. <laughs> <laughs> in other news. So I also, I really loved this idea. And I'm curious if you read this too. As a millennial, and I'm curious if this writer-director team was millennial as well. because They're older. Okay. Well, Gen X probably fits in this category as well. But the, the juxtaposition and the, equiv- and the equivocation of taxes and the fate of the universe <laughs> just <laughs> feels very appropriate, but also, like, satirical. And I love that. I love that. And I also just love that. Because we always talk about this when we see superhero movies and shit. It's just like, okay, y'all are here fighting in space and shit, but like, who's handling your bills? Like, <laughs> who's handling your own shit? Right, that scene in the janitor's closet, to bring it up again, I loved it going back and forth between Jamie Lee's character. To, like, are you listening? I'm talking about your taxes. It's very important. Listen to me. To like her husband from another universe being like, the fate of the universe is in your hands. 
<laughs> She's just like, what is going on? Can this not be simplified, please? I, I also love that because it's also super relatable for those of us who are artists and we keep getting blocked by having to like do the mundane survival gigs and other shit. And so like every time you try to be great, it's like you're going to work at 9 a.m. Put your computer down. Um, you gotta go do these things, put your computer down. And so again, like this Claps movie is around. so fucking relatable for so many fucking reasons. Claps all around, a hundred percent. Listen, and again, I just love that it it lends itself to letting people be like, what if there are other universes and where I've made a past that shit somebody's doing my taxes for me, somebody's doing my like laundry shopping for me on this focus. I'm a movie car. star. I'm a badass movie star. <laughs> Wearing cute dresses and talking to my ex that I should have got together with. I'm okay. I could be crazy. I could be absolutely crazy. And I, if I am, I accept it. It wouldn't be the first time. But I am sure, in my head anyway, the dress that uh, Evelyn is wearing in the scene where she's going to watch the movie that, you know, that movie within a movie kind of weird fuck up thing, fuck around thing that happened. I think I've seen her in that dress before. I think. Or something very similar. And I was like, if this is a, like, if she wore, because I want to say it might have been her Oscar dress. If she wore the dress she wore in the movie to the Oscars to, like, even more play of that, like, movie inside of a movie inside of a movie inside of reality, I (laughs) would worship at the feet of Michelle Yeoh. I love to see it. I, if that's true. I don't know. I, I wonder if part of the reason that they went with the things they went with for her alternate universes, at least the ones with like the martial arts and like the Oscars, is because it's like these are things that this bitch is really done. So let us just let us like start playing their minds a little bit more and be like, what if not the universe? You're Michelle Yeoh. What? <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I I love that too, and I also love that every time. It's kind of it's a great segue to one of my other notes. I love that most of the time when she jumps into a, another universe, the the role that she is playing is a fairly mundane role, like holding a sign or a chef or um, I can't, well, hot dog fingers is in a different situation, but <laughs> but they always end up using those mundane jobs to show how badass they can be. And helping her kick ass. Like the holding the sign is how she's deflecting all these things because she's that she's using that skill. A chef is how she's like cutting up all these bitches. And like I just love the idea of the mundane being the superhero. I think that's really cool. I think it's a commentary on those people who look down on people who have like minimum wage jobs. Yes. Because they yes. love to be like, you want to take time to flip a burger for what? It's like, but you eat these burgers, bitch. Shut the fuck up and pay them. Um, I'm going <laughs> to flip your ass. Listen, and again, it's classism and it's fineness. There are so many systems in place that look down on people. I I just, I love everything about it and how it interconnects and how it's fast and it's furious. It's one of the few movies that I believe earned its runtime because it's longer than my 90 minutes, but it doesn't feel like it at any point. I have thoughts on that, but we'll get to it. You would. This is my second watch, and I was just like, yeah, 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 yeah. What you mean it's, it's over? It's my hot take. But anyway, I, I, but I, I tend to agree. I tend to agree. But I'll give more yeah. on that later. Because I'm a music bitch, I have to... When I saw it in theaters, which was the first time I saw it, I couldn't, like, really clock it because so much was happening. But, like, this time a wedding was like, your clothes never wear as well the next day, and your hair never falls in quite the same way. I'm like, that's a nine days lyric from the story of a girl. I am so glad that you made, because the whole time, the, like, literally, almost the whole movie, I'm like, da, 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 da. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what is this song? I can't place it. 
And because this time I caught it, because I in the theater, I'm like, I, I know that, but also, damn. And, and but like this one, wait. And after I figured out what it was, it made me realize that they play different versions of this song off and on, like for the next at least 30 minutes of the movie. Right. And I'm just like, they're not saying the words, but that's the tune, and they're saying something similar. And also, I just love that story of a girl, because this is a story of a woman who could have been so many things and did so many things still. Right, but I also love the idea that that song, those specific lyrics also go to that theme of just being okay with the now. Your hair's not going to fall the same way. Your clothes are not going to wear as well the, the next day. Like, it is okay to be where you're at. And that can be everything, everywhere, all at once. And I love that. I love that. Listen, people, again, are paying apps to tell them to be mindful. <laughs> just watch this movie, hug your inner mop, and talk to your therapist. Like, just do it. Boom. Um, okay, Sheree. I loved the queerness of this film. I thought the queerness was perfectly done until, until, I'm assuming he's straight. He was probably straight because straight men would do this. The dude that was trying to put the butt plug in with his underwear still on. I said, my dude, how the hell are you going to do this? You have to put it in your rectum. Okay. You cannot do that with underwear on. I'm sorry. I <laughs> I will say the dude that was freeballing it and they had to like wear him out. He was about it. And so I've wondered, because again, I saw this movie twice now. I've wondered if that actor is gun shy or if they're just like, you gotta do something out of the box in order to get your powers to do the things. And like ramming something in with your underwear is definitely something that would <laughs> be like, that's not how you do that. <laughs> right. But also, yeah, but then also with that same mindset, I loved the fight scene with the bud plug, like you can still see it. <laughs> they hung out, which once she yanked them out, people were like, ugh! <laughs> Not so fast. I also love when she yanks the butt plug and the <laughs> paper went out in their asses. Um, she holds it for a second, she throws them down because it's like parallel to like Joy walking in and beating that one dude with penises. Like, impressively. Yeah, the dildos, the pop, pop, pop. That's part of that, uh, the security officer scene that I love where she explodes him in glitter and she beats him with a dildo. That That's my new personality is beating people up with dildos. It's my wallpaper. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, While we're talking about like... the fighting, I love that like we have Michelle who's this badass martial artist and can like throw hands. We watch her throw hands in this movie actually. And at the end when she's like making peace with it and learning her lesson, she's like, Oh, let me figure out what you all want. And instead of her like being on the offensive, she's defensive. And she's like, let me connect. Oh, you're into that. Let me give you some of that so you'll go away. Let me connect you two. I think you're in love. And I'm just like, this is a fun way of having your final battle. Well, oh, absolutely. And the whole time in that last scene, um, Ki Hu Kwan, her husband, Wayman, mm -hmm. the actor, is telling her to not be violent, to accept. Um, a different way to fight your battles. And then it, it's it's flipping back and forth between um, the, the 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 Michelle Yell reality and, <laughs> and the movie reality. And I and I love that idea when she says, I'm gonna learn to fight like you and fight with positivity and try to heal people. Beautiful. And it's another callback to nobody's insignificant because, like, it's easy for her to look down on him as her weak husband who can't do anything right. But, like, at the end of the day, he is doing his things his way and he's getting results. And when she learns that she can, like, she can not so much beat people, but she can, like, 
use she's an understanding of a person to yeah, get through to them. She's healing them. She's healing something de or well, healing them and then also giving them pleasure. Because that this, dude that's like in the yeah. with a bark head. No, but literally, she is just like, this is what you're into. I'm gonna give you this as so I can get back to save my daughter. Thanks. And I, I think that's a really cool way of using empathy that we don't normally see. Right. And it's a, well, it's a way too to show it's okay to be you. It's okay to be the entirety of you and whatever version of you that you are right now. Like I, it's okay. If you want to be gagged with a ball gag and spanked, that's good. That's great. If you want a hug, that's all Jamie Lee's character is. What it is was a hug. That's okay. Like it's, I, yeah, that whole end montage chef's kiss. I, I just, I, I love this movie, but like, and it's weird that I love this movie because I'm not big on emotions, but like, I think this movie handles emotions in a non-cringy way. Like, yes. we're using them to get somewhere. We're not using them to just sit around crying at each other and kissing each other. Like, <laughs> I also think it helps that I, it, it's the parent-child relationships are always hard, so we can all sort of latch onto that because like generational trauma is real yes. and most parents don't know how to parent if they do want the kids, which a lot of them didn't. And so we're all sort of fucking the <laughs> drift and see. Um, and so it is kind of like, well, that child never healed and then had a kid who she's damaging. And so we're gonna keep going. Are we gonna keep going, or are we gonna like figure the fuck out? And she's like, no, I want to be here with you. I don't know why I'm saying all these mean things to you, but also you are my child, and we are in this together. You cannot kill yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, especially from the queer perspective, it. That last, was it the last scene? Last-ish scene when they're outside and she's she's getting out of the car and they're having that intense conversation was beautiful. That's what queer kids want to hear from their parents. I mean, I can only imagine the other compounding issues of being BIPOC and all that on top of it, you know, dealing with structural and cultural things from other cultures that that demean your queerness and stuff like that the whole the whole scene of god i'm getting emotional thinking about it the whole scene of her at the end finally telling her father that her daughter is queer i'm literally tearing up right now i I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. I don't think I've ever seen that happen on film or television, or at least not to that level to where it is such a conflict before now of like, it's not that it's not that Evelyn is unaccepting of her daughter. I think she does accept her from the beginning, but she's scared of what her father will think because of what, uh, because of the culture her father comes from and all of this, and it's just, it's beautiful. And then Michelle, and then um, Joy's reaction to that is to run away in fear. I 100% identify with that. Like when I was confronted in my coming out story, which I won't get into fully in here, but when I was confronted with that, I ran, I ran and I hid because I was terrified of what would happen. And I just, I so related to her in that moment and it will throughout the film, but especially in that moment. And I just, it was, it was 
mag it was it was a perfect performances it was a per it was perfect writing i love the dad being like let's just be nice and they're like no we have to have this conversation stop <laughs> <laughs> and i i just it was perfect and i love how much it was i i do feel like if michelle if evelyn had let joy leave joy was going to go kill herself like she was going to she was done that's one of my notes. Is this what the end of the movie? Okay. Um, let me just finish this up before I get into that. That's a whole different conversation. But like I to speak to being the child of a woman of color, and again, it's different between black families and like Asian families, I know. Mm -hmm. But like I I I think Evelyn does have an opinion about queerness, but she it's not one that's informed. And so instead of her dealing with it and being like, why do I might feel that way? Or why am I calling this a phase? And why won't I acknowledge that her friend is a her? Um, mm -hmm. And she's just like, I'm not gonna fucking deal with it because I don't have to, life's hard, I'm a woman of color. Um, and yeah. that's why her daughter is still there because she knows it's, at the end of the day, it's not coming from a place of hatred so much as it's coming from a place of, I don't give a shit because I it's my turn to not give a shit because my family's fucked up. And it's a hard reckoning to have to understand how much of your parent is fucked up because they're a fucked up person as opposed to society and like their parents and grandparents fucking them up. And yeah. like, there's no easy answer on how much to forgive and how much to let go. You find what you're comfortable with and you find what feels good for you when it feels good for you and hope you got time to fix it if you can fix it, which most of us sadly don't because again, these older generations are stubborn as fuck and will die before they change. Yeah, and I, and I think that's where I was... I I was reading that as being okay with it, but you're right. It's not that she was supportive of her daughter. It was that she was she wasn't it wasn't out of hatred. That's where yeah. it was coming from. It's like she told her she's fat. You know? Like she's literally just being like, I can say mean things to you and you have to love me because I'm your mother, which yeah. again, as somebody who has mother issues, um, and I saw the blueprint, which was her mother. Um, I understand that like society has put it in your head that like I have to put up with my mom who's a bitch. And so if I'm a bitch to you, it's fine. And right. those of us who are like millennials and younger, are like, no, it's not. I will cut you the fuck off. And so they're having to like renegotiate because they're getting their time to be evil. <laughs> yeah. Which is also why I also love that that it's a very bit part. So it might have some people might have missed it, but I loved the end time when they're getting out of joy's girlfriend's car i don't remember her name uh oh i just forgot it i knew it all day becky becky yes, Becky. yeah they're getting out of becky's car and when evelyn turns back to her and says becky you need to grow your hair out and it just turns around i was like now i love that because a it's showing that evelyn it's still Evelyn. Like she is still going to criticize you. That's just who yeah. she is at this point. But now Becky is a part of the family. Like she has accepted Becky into the family. It's like up top when Joy tells her that the more my mother insults you, the more she's accepting you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, because again, like I, I don't know what well, I, I do know, but we're not going to unpack it in less than an hour on this podcast. But like a lot <laughs> of people of color, specifically older people of color who have children, are mean to them because life is mean and life is hard. And so it's like, if you can take it from me, take it from anybody. And that's just not helpful. That's why so many of us are suicidal. <laughs> and so to get to her suicide, if you boil this movie down, because it's a lot of glitz, it's a lot of glamour, it's a lot of big things and multiverses, 
But if you scale it all the way down, it's the story of a girl who wants to end herself because the world is too fucking much and her mother has made her feel broken and like she's part of a problem. And that's very fucking relatable because like we're in year three of a pandemic after lifetimes upon lifetimes of everything being fucking wrong and society not wanting to learn all these racist, sexist systems in place to like hold all of us down and keep all of us back. And it's hard to pursue your dreams because of capitalism. So it's just fucking relatable. And I feel like a lot of people I know, including myself at one point or other, was like, I kind of want to fucking end it. Um, and so I love the okay. fact that her and her mom are having this moment where her mother's like, no, <laughs> I'm fighting to keep you here. Because like a lot of us, unfortunately, don't have a parent who's willing to do that because they have to deal with their own shit and what they've done to like leave the situation. Yeah. And I love that moment where, yeah, it's in the same moment, but... When Evelyn says, okay, fine, go. Okay, fine. If this is what you want, that's fine. And then you see it in Michelle Yeoh's eyes in her performance, her realizing, and, and then also the visuals of the flashing and all the the realities and what she would be missing without her daughter and all that. Then she, when she reaches for her and says, well, she doesn't in the, Reality, reality, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, <laughs> but when she says no, stop. I, yes, yes, a hundred. That is what young people, millennials, Gen Zers. That's what we. That's what we need from our parents is to them to acknowledge that they are also fucked up, and they may have fucked us up in return and uh, even unknowingly and i'm not saying you intentionally did it i'm just saying that through your own trauma you put that trauma on us and in order to have healing you must first have uh, acknowledgement like you must first acknowledge what you did and it's doubly fucking hard because like again i don't speak to like being a poc and like a different variety of people, a different variety of POC. But like, it's specifically hard because like, we come from people who don't fucking believe in therapy. It's just not a thing. Like I remember when I was a tween, my mother threatened to put us in therapy. Kind of like, if you don't get shit together, I'm gonna put us in therapy. I'm like, we need to be in therapy, Leona. And she's like, oh, and it's just not using that as a threat. And like, but we really need to be in therapy. <laughs> um, and that's part of the reason nothing changes and nobody grows is because these older generations have been born and raised in the idea of you are born broken and you stay broken and you don't talk about it. And it's why so many of them don't understand what consent is. They don't understand how they're being homophobic when they're trying to be supportive sometimes. Um, it's a well, and it, Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Uh, go ahead. I was going to say, I use quotation marks because a lot of people can't hear sarcasm and detect that. I've noticed, um, but I did use quotation marks when I said trying to be supportive and being homophobic. If you were on oh. Patreon, you would know. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was just going to add too that I think a lot of it, a lot of it, probably all of it. I'm not a POC, so I'm not going to speak to that. But a lot of it comes from that white supremacist idea of, well, if you're fucked up, you can just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You can just will yourself to be better. Without help, without, without, um, which I, I do believe is a a ramification of white supremacy is this idea of, well, just pull yourself, just do it, just be not depressed, go outside and get some sunshine. <laughs> 
agree with the white supremacy being part of it, but I think it's different because it feels like it's one of those things that like therapies for rich people or therapies for white people, like theater and other things that we weren't allowed to do as brown children. It's like, that's for rich people, that's for white people. Because again, yeah. you are put in this little box where you're gonna be poor and you live on food stamps and welfare and shit. And you're not allowed to think big, which is why my grandfather who I met maybe three times his, my whole life before he died was like, you should be a nurse. My son's going to college. He's like, nurses make money. I'm like, you don't know me. Cause if you knew me, you knew that was a dumb idea. I should not be a nurse. Yeah, no, Sheree. You chose the right fit. You don't need to be a nurse. Yes, I would have sucked as a nurse. So many people would be dead. Um, <laughs> You'd be like, and, you want me to do what? No. And again, it's just, unfortunately, I think that a lot of, unfortunately, I think that a lot of BIPOC people specifically are holding on to old ideas because it's comforting. And if you, if you have to unpack what that has happened to you from your parents and your grandparents and deal with the fact that you were abused and you're abusing your own children, it's too much. And so they just don't. And that's why they're willing to sit there and die quietly before they say, I'm sorry. <laughs> because I've mishandled that. And before they try to do better. And I hate that narrative. But like, it keeps us, that that fear keeps so many older generations from doing so much shit. Like, when I got my to True Tarot deck, like her and Chris Summer did this, like, um, not for me, but like, I found it after I got it. I said, like, they did this for me. Um, there's a YouTube video out there where they're explaining the cards and what they mean because people, again, especially people of color, are afraid of tarot. That's the devil's work. It's white people nonsense. And they're like, no, it can be part of whatever practice you're into, whatever your Christianity is. It's not what you mean. The devil's not the devil. That card just means you might be over a building a little bit, bitch. Um, <laughs> um, death doesn't mean death, it means transformation. It means change. Yeah. And I think that somehow, some way, older black and brown people have gotten very narrow-minded. And it's because in part, they don't have time. They have to like worry about putting food on the table and working these capitalist jobs that are breaking them. They don't have time to be like, what would I do if I stepped aside and if I took like a year to do what I want to do? Because they can't. Yeah. And so again, it's that navigating how much is the system and how much is the person to figure out how angry to be which is a whole thing therapists need to be figured out with all of us. Yeah, and I and I by no means understand as my own from my own experience what you're saying, but I I can I can draw from my own experience in the fact that like my mother we still have like we're on better terms today than we were maybe uh 20 years ago. But there's still this huge disconnect from her acknowledging what she did to me when I came out of the closet and acknowledging that and moving forward. And I think a lot of that comes from the Christianity, the evangelicalism of all Christianity at this point. Um, and yeah, I, I, I honestly think that I will never, and I think I've accepted this, and that's kind of why we're at the point where we're at. Um, I will never get that from her. Like I will never get that healing moment of her saying, no, yes, I did this, be and it was wrong, and this is the reason why, because my church fucked me up, because she's still in that mindset of Jesus rules, and Jesus will save us all, which, not hating on Christians, if you're a Christian out there, I... Yes, I actually find myself to be more religious today than I was maybe ten years ago. That's beside. That's another podcast, but uh, <laughs> it's a it's a journey, y'all. But I will say that the church 
fucked her up and in turn fucked me up through her. Whereas I think white supremacy fucked maybe your lineage up who, you know. Oh, yeah, no, we didn't ask to be here. But like, (laughs) to go back to the mother of it all, because like that's the previous episode, I definitely know that like part of the reason I'm not the favorite is because I was never going to like get knocked up and have kids to be miserable like my mother and uh, people it's tough all the time. Um, And so like, no matter what I do, she ain't got no kids, she can't cook. And I'm just like, those are not what makes a person a person. They didn't make you happy, clearly. And I, again, I thought we were done speaking and then she got sick last summer and I know that our time is limited and so I'm going to navigate how to best have what I'm going to need later in the future because I don't know what I need right now without having my boundaries disrespected again because we're not doing that game anymore. And so it is a matter of, okay, today we are having a good day. Today I'm going to not do this today. Uh, and it's hard to navigate, which I think another reason this movie hits is because we all have some parent trauma. If you don't have parent trauma, you're lying to me and yourself. <laughs> Truly, absolutely, 100%. Um, yes, yes, absolutely. I will say, too, because, like you said, this film, on top of the phenomenal emotional journey that it takes you on, it has some of the most beautiful visuals I have seen in a long time, maybe ever. I would have at least like my whole house could be furnished with prints of this film. (laughs) Like it is beautiful. I love the googly eyes. I love the hot dog fingers. I love the dildo death. I love (laughs) the confetti death. I the visuals in this movie are stunning. It's eye candy. It's it's straight eye candy into your eyeballs, which is another reason why it feels quicker than it is. Because I checked the runtime, like, are you fucking serious? Because I didn't think about this movie when I went to the theaters. You know how I am. I'm like, Michelle and Stephanie, I'm in. And so <laughs> I got back into town to get my little award for being this awful little bitch. Um, and Rachel's like, I've seen it. I don't know if you're going to like it because it's, it's emotional. And I'm like, I'm going anyways. And so we went and I was like, oh, no, I got hit in the chest. I got to leave. I didn't mean to see this in public. No. (laughs) (laughs) And I put off rewatching it, even though I love this movie. It's my favorite movie of last year. I put off watching it because, again, it's just a lot. And it's so much. And it's too much. And it's everything, everywhere, all at once in your fucking chest. And so today is my first time rewatching it. And it was for this podcast. Yeah. That is, it is the perfect title of this film. Like it is, it's convoluted. It's it's long. I get it, but it is the perfect title of this film. Life is messy, and this movie depicts that because again, it's it's really easy to be like you're a villain because, but that's so simplistic and it's so boring. And none of the villains in this movie are villains. They nope. are hurt people hurting people. Yep. While trying to hurt themselves. <laughs> right. And if that's not what it is it's you know it is the yeah perfect literally um i do need to like mention though um people were really mad about jenny slate's character being called big nose like she was titled as big nose in the credits and some of the people were mad and they got them to change it to dog mom and i just want to put out there imagine if filmmakers were like that and how the rest of us when it comes to all these slurs being thrown around in movies and people not getting fucking names man on boat um, the Quiet Place too, because um, <laughs> none of these players should are needed, and people are defending them and dying on hills for them. It's like stop being a little fucking racist, Jetstream. 
Yeah. I will say IMDb still shows her as big nose, but yeah. Yeah. IMDb is what is what only one site. But yeah. I get I get that. I also yeah, 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 yeah. yes to everything you just said. <laughs> yeah, because like it's really easy for me as somebody who's not Jewish to be like, is that offensive? Um, but also I could just be like, they're upset, change it, which is all I right. ask for other movies that offend me and other people right. I know. How and, hard is it to be like, we can change that? Right. And knowing that um the the Nazis in Germany were very were would dictate if you were Jewish based upon your nose size, which is it's still a stereotype. It, it's it really all is. fucked up. Yeah, right. And, <laughs> I and, and all my Jewish and, friends to be like, "Hey, <laughs> right." And they and they did that, and they've done the same thing to black folks. And you know, it's it it's all it's all terrible and bullshit. So yeah, I'm glad that they did change it. Uh, yeah. I wish IMDb would change it on their on their site. But I wish more filmmakers would take fucking note because again, like we heard the f word. How many movies last year we covered? Too many. For host and for, for why. Who's. And you think right. after you like release the movie and get some pushback, you'd be like, let's just get rid of that moment. Especially especially since it's just her character name. And I mean, Michelle Yeoh does refer or Evelyn does refer to her as Big Nose a couple times in the film. Um but it you don't have to name the character that. And the character as Doc Mom makes complete sense and is actually funnier. Like it that's is. funnier. Well she was swinging that dog at her. I was like, oh shit, this is real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, before we get to hot takes real quick, I also want to shout out my one of my many husbands, um, Harry Shum Jr. is in this film. And oh, he's so sexy. Which one was he? <laughs> the rat the raccoon guy. Oh he's from raccoon. Glee. He's from Glee. <laughs> <laughs> He's so sexy. I love that in uh, the universes, the, what she was saying it was correct because they were making fun of her. Like, you mean Ratatouille? <laughs> bitch. But in her <laughs> universe, it's, she was saying it right. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> what would you say? Ratcacuni? Yeah, Ratcacuni. And he's like, my Ratcacuni. And I'm like, I live, I love. I love. Oh, in the end when she's like, he's like, I'm so sorry. And she gets under his lips. She's like, hold on to my hair. It was great. I yes, Harry Shum could get it any day. I mean, yeah, a lot of the cast. Um, before Let's we get go. into hot takes, I do have a weird layover. I don't remember where I read or heard that there was or is a theory in which, like, there are different versions of us, and those moments where you just like sort of like are daydreaming that you and your other lives. <laughs> um, I don't like that. <laughs> Because, like, my little daydream, she's living her life. Um, but it's so Black Mirror. I, I don't know. Yeah, listen, I'm fucked up enough in, in the real world. I, that's what I need to focus on right now. I can't focus on other realities. <laughs> I, I like, I don't know how much I believe it. Because, again, I don't know where I heard it or picked it up. But, like, I kind of like that. Because it means that, like, if nothing else, one version of this bitch is doing the things and this version could be also figuring it out, even though it's in it, I'm going to figure it out as soon as I want to, obviously. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. All right, Shrey, let's get spicy. Ooh. What's your hot take? Okay, then. Um, <laughs> I've already said as usual. Uh, <laughs> I've been arguing this is a sci-fi uh, movie and belongs under the genre umbrella, but this rewatch, I'm going to go ahead and put in horror. Um, if you can have all this white nonsense, you can kind of make fetch <laughs> horror, then this belongs. 
this this is more adrenaline and more people die and there's more at stake than speak no evil y'all here camping out for speak no evil um you camped out for a bunch of mid movies last year if you can camp out for those you can like shut the fuck up and be in the same formation for this one good night absolutely yeah and in this one you don't only die in this universe you die in multiple universes literally her daughter killed multiple versions of her this is definitely fucking with multiverse of madness terminator and some other like almost slasher-esque things um it is what it is and i'm gonna have a second hot take because i did kind of use that one earlier and so that is a cheat my second hot take is i fucking love we have a movie with so many asian leads and supporting characters and no racial trauma we get a couple microaggressions with emily curtis yeah but like there is no and go back to there because whenever you see like BIPOC people leading shit, it's always let me send her whiteness by being racist and say not the slurs. Ha ha, Stephen King. Yeah, 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 for sure. I agree. I love that. My okay, my hot take, <laughs> and I hinted at this earlier. My only critique of this film, and it is minor, and it's really only for my own. Um, tastes because I I will objectively say this movie is a masterpiece. It is fantastic. Um, but my only critique, and it's a minor one, is that it just it, for me it's a bit too long. Like 15, 20 minutes I would take off of this. While I, and I know it works for so many people. I that's why <laughs> I know you do. We were talking about it. But uh I, I know it works for so many people. I am just not someone that fight sequences get me anywhere emotional. Like that, I don't connect to them like some people do. I will, and even though I will say I loved that these were older women, and we don't see that often enough. I yes. I did love that. I just felt like we spent we spent a little a, a hair too much time in some of those middle fight sequences. It, it, it's minor, y'all. And it, this is the, I was trying to find something that was a hot take for this film that wasn't like meh. But I, I, I connected so much to the emotional journey. I loved the emotion. I was literally getting emotional talking about the emotional journey on this episode. So, like, I am there with you on that. I just feel the fights could have been shaved a tiny bit to, to help the momentum of that emotional journey a little bit. But this is... Still, still a strong four and a half star for me. Maybe gonna, even a five. I'm going to push back because, like, first off, Michelle is known for being a badass martial artist. And so she had to show that off while also doing it in a dramatic role. And Absolutely. also thought everything everywhere all at once. So we need to, like, do some genre mixing, which we do, which is why it fits in so many different genres that people stop being bitches. Absolutely. Um, um, and I also just think it's really cool to have older women beating asses and like teach Stephanie shoes and fight choreography. So she's mostly doing funny things when I've seen her. And so I know that she was like, I'm gonna knock it out of the park. It's like, damn. Um, and I also think it shows different parts of what this character can access. Because again, we meet her, she's a laundromat person. She's like, I'm not anybody special. And like, you're so bad at things, you're gonna be great at it. And she's like, what does that mean? That kind of insults. And so to see her go from this woman who thought that her life had passed her by, she made so many fucking mistakes, to be like, I can learn, I can beat some ass. And like, there were so many gags in the fights. I, so many of the fights have gags. I can't think of a fight that did not have a gag that I enjoyed. I just can't. Yeah. And like I said, I, I completely agree with everything you said. 
one hundred percent. I it just it was it's it's for me. I I don't know, and it wasn't the gags. It was just a couple times I was like, why are we still fighting? Why is Jamie Lee doing a back bend on a guy like I? I get it. I get it. I get it. And I love that it works for so many people because it should. And like I said, it literally only takes this from a five star, maybe to a four and a half star for me. It's not like this makes it a bad movie to me. I just, I don't know. I don't connect to it as much. I think it's definitely one of those movies that is walking the fine line between that emotional roller coaster with heavy things and spectacle. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so fun and exciting and so original because we don't normally see that. Absolutely. Normally we see one or the other. Absolutely. I would watch this movie again more times than I would watch 75% of the movies we've covered on the show. Like, absolutely. I'm not saying, like, I, the mic critique is very, very minor. Just for me, it's a little bit too long. That's all. And if that's the worst thing you have to say about this movie, you do it damn good because I've said we're much worse. Tony, uh, Toby Hooper. Uh, you still want to fight? Though? <laughs> <laughs> I have to make it. A, I have to make a compare like a. <laughs> but yes, I this movie is fantastic. It is Chef's Kiss. Uh, yes, I, I think it's more my my hot take is more of like if I were making this movie, what I would have done with it, and less of. It makes it a less effective movie because I do think it's an incredibly effective film, hands down. Hands down, boots. So I'm excited to see what you think about it after you see it again because maybe. Yeah. Well, and and I think part of it, I, I it might have been painted a little bit for me because this is the first time watch. This movie's been out for over a year now, and I've been hearing, oh, it's fan- oh, it's so great, it's so great, it's, so, it's the best movie, blah blah blah. So maybe I was being too critical while I was watching it because I was being subconsciously told it was fantastic. So maybe I'll probably give myself like a little while, and then I might rewatch it. Like I said, I would rather rewatch this than the other movie we're covering tonight. But um, blessed. Um... <laughs> Yes. Y'all know about that later, but <laughs> I just I, I do think that it was the best movie of last year, hands down. I think that it's its own vehicle and its own engine, and it's so out of the fucking box. And they used every crayon they had in the box, and they assembled their cast. Um, <laughs> like they were like, show us your full resumes. Yeah, cool. <laughs> like, right, I, you're saying nothing that I disagree with. So. Hands down. Except maybe it might not be my favorite film of last year, just because I have to think about that. But it's one of. It's at least in the top three. So yeah, there that is. Like This and Nope were fighting for me, and Nope ended up being second. But it's a uh, tight race still. And that's fair. That's fair. All right, y'all. Well, that is our thoughts on everything, everywhere, all at once. Thank you all so much for listening and watching Watching for those watching. For watching. <laughs> watching and thank you all for watching those that are subscribed to our patreon if you would like to watch us do this live again next week go and subscribe i think that still works right yes um so yeah and next week we'll be covering the innocence another movie training scene and it's another wild time for different reasons obviously <laughs> <laughs> yes i am not this is another first watch so i'm excited i yes 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 so again Thank you all so much for your support here on Fear Street. And as always, make sure that you stay fierce out there. Bye.